Well, welcome to Stepping Into Shakespeare. We're here with actor Tim James. Welcome to our podcast, Tim. Hello. Hi, Tim. Great you have time for us. Nice to have you here. Pleasure. Um, so, yeah, thank you for your work in the play and also for your work um, with the audio. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you started as an actor? Um, I suppose my route was relatively conventional. Um, I did sort of, you know, music stuff and acting drama stuff at high school and then uh, went to Birmingham and did a joint honours degree in music and drama. Uh, so I sort of kept both avenues open, I suppose, um, even through my first degree. And then I did a one-year postgrad acting course um, at a place called Drama Studio uh, in London afterwards. So um, that was my, yeah, sort of early 20s. Um, yeah, and then I sort of started, uh, I sort of then spent a decade doing, you know, bits and pieces but actually my very first professional engagement was um Romeo and Juliet uh, oh wow so Shakespeare yeah at a at a theatre out in Wales um sort of little well not that little it was about 400 seat theatre um out in Wales uh so that was yeah sort of my very first pro acting job Uh, and what role did you play I was Romeo (laughs) (laughs) um that's a big part for a first job you know yeah yeah yeah, it was um uh but it was uh, you know you break it down into scenes and you know you just sort of learn it scene by scene um and it was yeah it was it was good fun it was a very young cast um you know lots of sort of new young people out doing it um yeah so it was great um So so you have worked with Shakespeare for a long time then so well again i suppose as with most things you know if it comes along you obviously you do it because um yeah it can be a bit of a a sort of um what's the word you know can be a bit precious so sort of people are very (laughs) yes (laughs) uh very precious about it sometimes so you know and you've got the big institutions like the rsc and things and and so you know um they have obviously you know the judy denches and the alan rickmans and some wonderful wonderful people so uh you know you, if you're lucky you end up being sort of third spear bearer on the left if, <laughs> if you're a young uh young actor coming up um so yeah it's kind of it's a double-edged sword i think doing doing shakespeare um yeah i was lucky i suppose with that um sort of for my first for my first sort of piece of acting work uh really that's yeah. brilliant you just got thrown into it and uh yeah and have you read any other plays of Shakespeare yeah I suppose um you sort of get familiar with all the all the big ones I remember doing an audition speech from Richard II when I first went to drama school and things like that and um and at drama school of course you do a Shakespeare module and I did Richard III okay. um so uh, and then you just, you know, in a sort of very actory kind of way, you read them, don't you? <laughs> so, yes. I, you know, and you read the famous ones like Hamlet and uh, um, and Macbeth and things like that. And obviously, you know, you go to the theatre and you watch them as well, and um, you know, watch great actors doing doing Shakespeare on stage. And of course, we've had various uh, film 
adaptations over the years. So, yeah, I suppose it's it's one of those things. Once you sort of get get your head round the the, the writing style, um, which actually, you know, you could say, you know, if you look at something like Pinter or um, I don't know uh, Brecht or something, you know, they all have a sort of a particular yeah. way of doing things. So they you know, some are easier than others to get in, obviously with Shakespeare because of the uh, the distance time-wise, obviously the language has evolved a lot more since since then. So there's a little bit of kind of, yeah, sort of getting familiar with how that language works and then uh-huh. trying to make it make sense as a contemporary sort of, you know, 21st uh-huh. century and- human being. <laughs> Was that something you enjoyed doing, that process of reading the language, getting familiar familiar with it? Yeah, and I think um, sort of, you know, there are various sort of approaches to it. Uh, And I think for me, again, I think because the training I had was um, we did a lot with uh, the first folio was the, um, the you know, the sort of the Holy Grail. Um, and we did a lot of cue script work. So basically, you literally just got your lines with your cue line. So you didn't get the whole scene or the whole script of the play. Oh, wow. Because that's the way apparently the original actors would have got their parts. Oh, really? Back oh, really? in the day. So you didn't know when the other person's speech ended, how long it was going to be. So you just had to listen out for your cue line. Oh, my goodness. Um, And that is a really interesting way of working because it makes you... I didn't know that. Yeah, it makes you really attentive to what's going on on stage, obviously. Yeah. Wow. Because all of a sudden, you could hear your cue line. Yeah. And you have to come in, you know, with your... Spring into action. Yeah, with your next line. So... Um, yeah, that was quite an interesting sort of way of working. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, and then of course taking, you know, obviously Shakespeare wrote in prose and he wrote in, um, poetry in the iambic pentameter. Um, and that's also interesting in terms of, you know, what characters, are speaking in prose when are they speaking in um iambic pentameter sometimes they swap round so that can make you sort of go okay you know if something's a little sort of higher level level uh emotionally or a bit more fraught or just grander in terms of status then you're more likely to be in iambic pentameter and be very solid but also within that, you know, there's the there's the sort of um, you know the standard, da dum da dum da dum da dum, nice kind of even rhythm. Well, of course, obviously, not everything, not all the iambic pentameter is in that rhythm, and it sort of breaks down. And again, the more sort of, I suppose, distressed or worried or again emotionally sort of heightened a character is getting, you tend to see the iambic sort of the rhythm start moving around and it gets broken down so you don't necessarily you you know you obviously don't say the lines in to a beat you know you're not rapping. Um, but it can give you those, it can help give you those indicators of sort of what's happening to your character 
sort of emotionally or you know intellectually and you tend to find um you know those sort of if you've got those very witty rapid fire sort of like in much ado about nothing and things like that then the iambic pentameter is very solid because they're very you know they're sort of jousting with words when you yeah. then get to the other extreme and you know you've got lady macbeth and falling apart then the iambic gets very sort of broken and and you know you get half lines and things so it's you know again it's sort of um and a bit like the q scripts so you know because you'd have again apparently historically <laughs> very short notice as an actor when you're getting the scripts or again you know you might do three or four different plays in a week so you've got to relearn the lines very quickly um all of that is giving you clues as to okay how am i going to play this line and if it's nice and even then you're probably being a little bit more you know a little bit more intellectual a little bit more witty and a little bit more sort of on the money mm -hmm. whereas if the iambics all over the place then emotionally you're probably going to play it a bit more you know what's happening here um and that kind of thing so there's a i think you know it's certainly my sort of learning of how to learn shakespeare was sort of you know there's lots of clues in the script mm -hmm. basically That's sort of to try and draw out as much as you can from uh from the the way it's written not just the writing but also the way it's been structured uh, it kind of reminds me well i mean not really but you know how um in modern day like star wars and stuff when they they don't release the full script um you know production yes. company doesn't so they just give little snippets to the actors don't they and it's sort of just, what you just told me reminds me of that now yes yes you don't get yeah. the wham bam ending literally until yeah. sort of you know you've you've been on set for four months and crawling around the desert of tattoo yeah. and then you don't know what but you don't know how the thing ends you don't know what the cliffhanger sort of ending is and it's yeah there is an element of that i think yeah now it's very interesting what you just told us like the combination of character and the way they speak on the text mm. and referring to your character which you played in 12th night yes how did you like where did you see his language then well again it, um those sort of uh characters of that they're, they're sort of more functional characters they're not sort of fully fleshed out you know big rounded yeah. nuanced characters they you know they are designed um to play a role and to serve a function for sort of the main characters to bounce off so it kind of gives you a bit in some ways that gives you a bit more freedom um in terms of the interpretation mm -hmm. uh and it's then sort of keeping an eye on um again yeah sort of looking at the line and go okay if it's a nice sort of evenly written line you know you need to sort of bounce along with that because it's not a disjointed line it's not one that's going to make you stop and think and pause um so it's kind of yeah with certainly with somebody like sir andrew who's who's you know very much a comedy part of the comedy duet um yeah. with with sir toby and probably more so i mean toby has his kind of serious moments whereas andrew's really just you know comedy 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 um and you laugh at him not with him <laughs> so True. you know he he is a bit of an ass but um <laughs> you know that but that's quite you know that's quite 
fun because uh, yeah. you know the, the sort of weight of expectation in a way is kind of taken away uh, and as long as you know you can get some response from your audience you know you, you, I mean you can almost sort of play it for laughs but you wouldn't go quite yeah but even watching you and George playing it 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 looked like you guys had very much fun doing it yeah, I think I think yeah. that's that's the main thing with those kind of yeah. characters. Yeah. Um, and you know, when we did the um, the extract uh, live, you know, and we were talking about doing a Laurel and Hardy routine, or sort mm -hmm. of, and we did the you know the little um, the little piano bit was the Laurel and Hardy theme because again, it kind of you know when you don't have the luxury of doing the whole play to introduce the characters to the audience well that's a really good sort of you know it's a real good tag because most people know who laurel and hardy are even if they don't know who sir andrew and sir toby are but something like that can give an audience a very quick association and they know what sort of thing is coming if we played the laurel and hardy theme and then both come on sort of you know completely dressed in black with a really kind of somber and heavy everybody be going what 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 you know so you sort of set up the expectation and then you play the expectation you know there's no subtext really it's kind of that's you know good. give the audience what they want um uh, and that's where that goes uh and yeah you know there's a lot of um you know the the characters in 12th night there's some quite sort of you know high high emotion kind of characters so you need that you need it, kind yes, of comic yeah. relief <laughs> just to let everybody decompress a little bit between scenes or yeah or yeah. you know after having had a quite intense scene you need to kind of you know uh and let that out and so yeah you know they're they're great characters we had a moment in the show where I mean, basically, I want to say thank you to you because you jumped in last minute and you played the piano during our live show after our original piano player got COVID. So thank oh. you for that. That was <laughs> a lot of pressure for you. Um, but I, th I wondered if you could talk a little bit more about your background playing, playing the piano and how you were able to just jump in and, and do that so quickly, because that was great. Yeah. And I suppose actually, again, in sort of the early days, um, you know, doing sort of fringe plays and stuff, especially when you've got, you know, a small number of cast covering everything. Um, I, I, I've probably done, again, not for a little while, but certainly um, in 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 my twenties. Then I was certainly there was probably at least four or five sort of plays that I did that I played piano on the side because they just needed a little bit of interlude music, or they just had a scene which you know you wanted a little bit of atmos underneath. Um, so again, it was nothing, you know, nobody was expecting me to sort of crack out Rachmaninoff preludes or anything, but I suppose if you've got that facility, it's kind of quite nice, um, <laughs> just to add that in. So, and I did again, you know, sort of in between acting jobs, um, early on, I did, you know, I did a bit of depping and I did play with some sort of R and B bands and stuff and a bit of jazz and things. So I kind of, um, kept that going obviously i've moved certainly recently more on to the production and recording side in terms of um sort of what my my music i suppose background is doing so yeah i don't i don't tend to play live <laughs> 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 anymore. 
Um, but it was amazing it was really nice it was thank beautiful. you yeah thank you again you know in some ways again when it's that last minute it's kind of it kind of takes almost takes the pressure off because yeah um you know as long as i can come up with something it's going to be better than nothing Absolutely. Um, so <laughs> uh so yeah so um uh yeah it was quite it, you know, whereas if you'd had, you know, if the, the previous player had had, you know, oh, well, they were going to do this, this and this. And then, yeah, you sort of put some Rachmaninoff and Chopin and things in front of me. And I'd have gone, OK, um, yeah, <laughs> give me a month's practice time and maybe I could uh, I could pull that together. But uh, it was yeah. uh, and grace under pressure. So thank you. And um, I loved how when Matthew said like, uh, you know, I need a tempest to just sort of pull the tempest out of you. <laughs> out of your toolbox i suppose again because um you know i did a uh, several years ago i did a master's degree in composing for film and tv so um i've always and you know and and obviously being being an actor you're you're in that world so even when i sort of put my music hat on you know i sort of have an understanding and my interest in music is in well how does it work within you know visual media within you know film and tv and i've written a you know i've done a few short films for people and i've done soundtracks for those and um you know some corporate videos i've done sound for and things like that so um yeah it's it's kind of again it's about creating an atmosphere very very quickly you know people aren't going to watch a film and when you cut to the next scene you know you don't get two or three minutes of creating an atmosphere with sound while the screen is you know completely blank you yeah. you kind of have a few seconds to get a feeling or a vibe across mm -hmm. um and and then you know and then the scene ha then the scene starts and all the other sound effects and whatever happen but yeah so it's yeah. a kind of it's like okay what do i need what's the idea what works for this you know mm -hmm. um, and then we were also so lucky that kate could sing the festive song and she enjoyed singing that as well on the show yeah it works really great and um yeah, it, yeah no it sounds you know she's got you know she's really on pitch and everything and it was yeah no it was really really well sung again for a sort and of before, yeah before that i didn't know that there was like this song this melody yeah, linked to the the play and I did a bit of research to it, so it existed quite a long time ago, this, mm. this melody, yeah. yeah. I think it's interesting because obviously he uses song, again, especially in the comedies, quite often. Yeah. And so, you know, we've had 400 years of these plays being produced, and it's interesting how some you kind of go, oh, yeah, you know, you listen and you go, oh, I recognise that. That's one of those Shakespeare songs. And then others, you, not so much because they've always changed or, you know, if somebody's needed to do a shorter version, the first thing that goes is that song in Act 4 because it doesn't really do anything, you know, or whatever it is, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, because um, yeah, songs, again, in Shakespeare tend to be sort of commentary, you know, they're sort mm -hmm. of uh, a sort of, yeah, because it's a it's a more static, if you like, all the action stops and somebody stands up and sings a song. Uh, so, yeah, so they, they, you know, they sort of, again, serve a function to kind of 
especially like with the Feste song, it ties everything up nicely at the end and yeah. kind of the audience know when to applause. Um, yes. <laughs> so it's, yeah, no, it's good. Uh, some, yeah, some really nice, yeah. nice songs there. And coming back to your character, did you, mm. was there like a line you enjoyed reading or enjoyed saying? Oh gosh, that's a interesting one. Um, or just like I a joke that was, to be stick it, <laughs> <laughs> or which sticked with you? No, <laughs> not not, you have not to really. Remember. No, um, okay. no, no. It's um, yeah, no, I don't. Fine. Really. No, that's um, fine. It's <laughs> probably all of them, and probably the play back and forth with George. Yeah, I think again because I think this was like again, yeah. That that it's very much um, going back to as I said, because they're sort of functional characters. It's more about the energy. It's more about mm -hmm. the back and forth. Mm -hmm. It's more mm -hmm. about the rapport that's built. Uh, yeah, between between the characters, um, and the words are just a vehicle in a way for that um i was yeah i was sorry that i didn't get to see your scene because i was backstage doing my quick change when all of you yes. guys were on stage and i was like ah, i missed it um so um uh, the other question i have for you is uh going back to when we first started talking about mm. your career and how you sort of did a dual track with your degree so you did acting and audio yes. production um in today's world how How has that helped you? Because now, obviously, we're going a lot more online and, um, you know, audiobooks and everything. So, yeah, I mean, certainly with the audiobook market, um, because, again, uh, I, I remember doing a few sort of adverts, radio adverts and things, um, and you'd be, you know, all trundling off to a little sort of Soho recording studio and you do your bit. Um, and I did some music for one I remember ages ago uh, and you played and recorded that and then you left and the engineer dealt with all of it and then that went back to the advertising and you know and so there were all these very specific tasks that everybody did which made of course the whole process incredibly expensive and so yeah. you know it was only big companies that you know dealt with that um, so now uh Yeah, now I'm sort of, um, not only can I record at home, because basically if you've got a laptop and a, you know, half-decent microphone um, and you don't record in the bathroom, you can get a reasonably good quality recording. Uh, and and it is, in, and so I not only do, you know, I can record myself, which is great, but also I can edit it and I can produce final product And, you know, all the stuff, all the audiobooks I've done, certainly over the last couple of years, I've recorded, edited, sent it to um, the producer or the author, whoever's commissioned me, and then they just upload my files straight to Audible. There's no mm -hmm. editing, mm -hmm. or, you know, they'll listen through. And if I've, you know, got a word wrong or they want an intonation change or something, then that's a sort of, if you like a sort of actor note but in terms of the actual technical process of getting it from you know your studio onto audible um you know i do the whole package <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, which is quite which has been quite useful and i've actually produced a few audiobooks for other actors who again aren't you know necessarily technical um mm -hmm. and i think a lot you know i think i think certainly with older actors sometimes uh 
you know, it's all, it was always quite lovely sort of getting into a cab and going into Soho, doing your bit, and then you, you know, go down the pub. Now, of course, they have to have home studios and they have to be able to record it themselves. And, and it's like, it's a whole big thing. Yeah. But unless you're kind of interested in that technical side, is a real pain. Because <laughs> actors, you know, actors are actors. They do, that's their job. They do that very, very well. And yeah. sort of messing around with all the technical stuff in a computer is a is a is a completely different job really um it's a completely different job yeah yeah i know, you know. a few actors who, who are in their wardrobe constantly recording these audio books or they're like under for an audition they're under a blanket you know yes. in a hotel room trying to <laughs> trying to soundproof themselves so absolutely and baking you know absolutely <laughs> exactly melting um <laughs> Yeah, well, this is great. Thank you so much for, um, you know, everything you've done, everything you are doing, because you're still working on the play for us and helping us with yes. the edits and the music. Um, That's cool. So I'm, um, thank you so much. I'm so excited to hear the final product. Me Pleasure. too. Thank you very much, Tim, for your time right. and your, all your efforts.